Yo, this is Hanging with Apes, an Audio Apes podcast. Real talk, real topics, no limits. Audio Apes, music with no boundaries. Yo, what's up everybody? I'm K Cartoon. I'm one third of the group The Audio Apes and you are officially Hanging with Apes. Or today, should I say, you're Hanging with an Ape because I'm rolling solo. I don't have RX Phonix with me. I don't have DC The Grey with me. They're both out there handling their individual grinds. You know, we each have our individual grinds, and then we have our grind as a unit, which is audio apes and hanging with apes. And today, unfortunately, they had to take care of some business. But the show must go on, and so it shall. Uh, like always, remember to check us out on Google Play and Apple Music. Audio apes, get biz, get big, big faces. Follow us on Twitter, on Instagram. Subscribe on YouTube, audio apes, hanging with apes. Follow us and listen to us on SoundCloud. Audio Apes, Hanging with Apes. Remember, Audio Apes is the music brand. Hanging with Apes is the podcast. They both merge to give you some really, really great content. That's what we're here for. And of course, you could catch all of that at audioapesmusic.com. Once you get there, it'll pretty much serve as a roadmap for everything else that you need to be part of. Because you do need to be part of this. This is a movement. We appreciate the support. We love the support. We love feedback. We love reviews. Even if they're not good ones, we appreciate it. We welcome it. Even if you don't like it, you should listen because you should challenge yourself. I don't know. Maybe if you f- give us enough feedback, you could be a guest on the show one of these days. But anyway, getting right into it, a topic that you might not agree with, or at least you might not agree with my perspective of this particular topic, and that's Suicide Squad. I saw it last week just starting off. I got to put it out there. I was not pleased. I really wasn't. My most generous rating, I can give it a two. That's at my most generous. Obviously, there were some things about the movie that I think were done very well and others that I felt were done very poorly. Let's start with the pros because I feel like there's less pros than there are cons, unfortunately, but it just is what it is. I felt like Will Smith was done pretty well. Well, The character he played was done pretty well, and he did a good job with that character. Will Smith wasn't an actual character in the movie. He's the actor that plays the character, which is Deadshot. I didn't feel like they developed him awesome, but I felt like Will Smith did a good job with the material that he had to work with. I don't want to give any spoilers out, but the daughter and father relationship between Deadshot and his daughter was cool, but then there was some information revealed to the daughter early on that kind of made it weird that she would be so accepting of it. I felt like Will Smith did good, though, for what he was given. Margot Robbie, or Robbie, I felt like she did good, too, as a Harley Quinn. I felt like they gave her enough of a backstory for us to feel somewhat invested in the character. David Ayer, I feel like he did a good job directing. I know he didn't have a whole lot to work with given the material and the plot being so poor, but for what he did have to work with, I thought he did a pretty good job and the music was good. They did some really good music selection, a lot of cool songs in it, made you feel amped up and into the movie. In terms of what was good about the movie, it pretty much stops there. You know, Joker, I'm not going to say Joker was good. I'm not going to say Joker was bad. I guess Joker is, in my opinion, neutral. I think Jared Leto did an all right job acting as Joker. Actually, he did a good job. 
he did a good job. What it was is that there wasn't enough Joker in the movie for us to really feel invested in or for us to really understand. And he didn't really serve any purpose towards the plot of the movie. I mean, obviously, you know, he has a love connection between himself and Harley Quinn. But other than that, there was no real reason for him to be in the movie. I think it would have been better if he was a little bit more closely woven in to the script and to the central plot of the movie. So Joker, I'd put him in the neutral zone. But then we get to the cons, and the cons of the movie is where uh, things start to take a dive pretty badly, pretty fast, um, such as the lack of character depth. There were so many different characters in this movie, and there was such a lack of, de- of depth. I'll give you an example. Killer Croc, Waylon Jones. He has a pretty cool backstory. You know, Waylon Jones was born. He has this crazy disease, makes him look reptilian. He grows up all messed up, you know, Start he becomes a cannibal, he's living in the sewers of Gotham City. I mean, that's an interesting backstory, and then if you give it some, some heart, if you humanize it a little bit, you could show the struggles of what it's like to grow up looking like that and feeling like that, show how he got into the life of crime, what led him there, maybe some brief interactions with Batman. All kind of stuff, but uh, they didn't do that. They didn't do that. They didn't do that with Rick Flagg either, the leader of the Suicide Squad, the guy that's uh, tasked with the job of keeping them all in check. No real backstory on him. He was cool. You know, he he looked cool, but I I felt like there was just so much more they could have done as far as depth with that character, dialogue between him and Deadshot. There were some moments in the movie where you see the potential for great dialogue between this character and Deadshot because they have these these different value systems, but it was never explored. And these are the things that make movies like this fall short, especially to fans that are are familiar with the source material. If you're a you know a casual moviegoer or a casual comic book fan or not a comic book fan at all, I guess this kind of stuff is not going to have as bad as an effect on you as it would for somebody like me who is very familiar with these characters and is very familiar with the comics and is hoping to see something a little bit more true to the source material. I mentioned earlier, there were way too many characters in the movie. I felt like a lot of these characters could have been cut out. That would have cleared up some room to develop the characters that they were going to stick with like the core group the antagonist was that was probably one of the worst things about the movie i don't know what the goal was or what the plan was what we were trying to accomplish here with this antagonist but it was very bad and it was so cliche so cliche uh what i'm about to say i don't even consider it a spoiler just because so many of these blockbuster movies do the same thing where there's like something in the middle of the city creating like this weird sort of tornado effect and I guess it means the end of the world but yet it never happens and we don't really know why it's happening or how they're getting this power or what the end goal is or the, the, the end game is so it's just very cliche I feel like what they could have done is to more closely tie it into Gotham City and the reason why I said that is not just because I'm a Batman fan but Gotham City is a place 
that I feel a lot more people are familiar with. I don't mean that the, this particular story had to take place in Gotham City. What I'm saying is the more we could have gotten more characters from Gotham City. They could have possibly come out of Blackgate or Arkham Asylum. Had Batman a little bit more into it. Maybe make the, if you want to go with a, a supernatural antagonist, maybe make it something that was spawned out of the Lazarus pit and ground the movie a little bit more because these movies, they become so far-fetched that it's hard to get into them. And the reason why it's hard to get into them, even though they're comic book movies and they're fantasy, is that there are so many other good comic book movies that are grounded. So while you know you're seeing something fictional, you know, and and it's supernatural, it still feels realistic. It still have has a sense of realism to it. Perfect examples is the Dark Knight trilogy and movies like X-Men First Class and X-Men Days of Future Past. The characters in these movies, when they do something big or monumental, it's like you're in the moment. They make it a big deal. The director, he he puts emphasis on what they're doing. It's not just, oh, hey, look, it, I'm lifting this stadium and I'm moving it over here and, and that's just what I do. No, it's, you know, the music is epic. The, 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 the shots are cinematic and so much more emphasis goes into these these little details that makes the movie way more effective as opposed to just throwing all kind of you know scenes in there and and not really giving any of these individual scenes the the amount of detail that they should have and i feel like that's one thing marvel studios is doing better than warner brothers in terms of their comic book movies uh that's why you're seeing the success rate with like a Captain America Civil War and Captain America Winter Soldier. And there's so much excitement, you know, surrounding Spider-Man Homecoming and the upcoming Black Panther movie. And you're not seeing that same level of excitement with Wonder Woman or Justice League. You're just not seeing it. And you're also seeing with uh, the DC Extended Universe and the movies that they're putting out, huge slumps in their second week box office numbers. You know, obviously, it's real big when it comes out. The The initial week, people want to go see it. You know, yeah, you know, they're excited about it. Let's go see it. You know, opening night. I actually saw Suicide Squad opening night. But then these people are seeing the movie. You know, they're getting out there. They're reviewing it. They're letting people know how they feel about it. And then you're seeing the result of these bad reviews in the second week. In, in in a week alone, the numbers for Suicide Squad dropped 67%. And Batman Superman dropped in the second week dramatically. Right now, Warner Brothers, they're not producing great comic book movies. Man of Steel, out of all of these movies in, in terms of Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, and Suicide Squad, Man of Steel would probably be ranked the best, and it really wasn't even all that. I mean, a lot of people were disappointed in it. I remember I used to catch a lot of flack for uh, being a fan of Superman Returns, the Superman movie that Brian Singer directed. And now I look at the Rotten Tomatoes comparison, and critically, Superman Returns is better than Man of Steel. So that's bad when a, 
a movie like Superman Returns came out and so many people didn't like it. And then a remake or a reboot of a fran- of that franchise gets done. And then it's not getting the, the reception that, that you're expecting it to get. That it should get. Especially after what's considered to be the past failures of the franchise. And now this might manifest itself into first week box office slumps because I don't see that same level of excitement surrounding Wonder Woman and Justice League like we are with these particular Marvel movies. I'd imagine that Warner Brothers is in crisis mode. Um, I feel like they have to be because there's so much money invested into these movies and these projects are well underway. Like Wonder Woman, the trailer is out for that movie. Justice League, the trailer is out for that movie. It's not like something that, you know, it's in the back room, still getting drawn up and can be dumped at any time. These are movies that are well underway. Checks have been cut. I'm wondering what they're going to do. I'm wondering if it's too late. Obviously, there's hope and obviously um, things can get better and they might get better. Wonder Woman might be the greatest superhero movie that we've ever seen. Same thing with Justice League. I doubt it, but it's it's absolutely possible. But what is it that Marvel is doing so much better than Warner Brothers? And just from, from, from the outside looking in, it seems like Marvel has a better grasp of their core source material. Maybe it's because it's, it's a comic book company dedicated to making movies because, you know, Marvel has Marvel Studios and Warner Brothers... There's not like there's a DC Comics Studios. It's just, you know, Warner Brothers. So I'd imagine that Warner Brothers and and the DC Extended Universe has more film execs with their hands in uh, the decision-making process, whereas Marvel Studios probably has more comic book guys with their hands in the decision-making process. And then it just seems like they're picking better directors and better writers right now. Um... I know a lot of people rave about Zack Snyder. I'm personally not the biggest fan. I think that his best movie was actually Dawn of the Dead. I know people, you know, I don't know many people that are Watchmen fans, but I know most people rave about 300, which I wasn't really crazy about that movie. I thought it was pretty overrated. I like Dawn of the Dead, though, but I was never really sold on him in terms of uh, Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman. I think there's a lot better comic book directors out there. Matthew Vaughn, Brian Singer, Christopher Nolan, obviously, Sam Raimi. I think that uh, Warner Brothers really needs to take a look at this in order to uh, start satisfying its fans or else they're going to start losing fans. But um, switching gears a little bit here, I know earlier I mentioned Will Smith and what a good job he did with uh you know the character Deadshot but then he goes to a press conference in Dubai I guess uh he starts talking about Islamophobia which is you know you know it's a term that's getting thrown out there a lot lately Islamophobia people you know not liking Islam or you know feeling like it's bad because of all of the attacks and and whatnot and and then in the press conference he says well you yeah, hey look I I think they like me uh, you know they seem pretty cool he's an actor it's one of those things that's like it just shows you that actors just need to stay out of politics because they don't make a lot of sense when it comes to these issues and and I've said this plenty of times before and I'll continue to say it they don't really live normal lives 
So for them to even put put themselves in the realm of a normal person and expect it to just, you know, be passed off as, oh, yeah, we accept that you're saying you're living a normal life. It just doesn't show a lot of awareness on their part. It's just so annoying to see you know, these actors and these celebrities be vocal about politics when, like I said before, they're not affected in the same way as of the outcome as we are. And then the for them to promote the, the policies that they do without having any real understanding or, of, or grasp of how things turn out because of these policies. And a perfect example of that is the crime rate right now in Chicago. It's so bad right now. Like the numbers just came out and it, it's it's big right now in every newspaper in Chicago. The Sun-Times, the Tribune, even the Red Eye. And crime is up in every single category across the board. You know, sexual assault, murder, shootings, robbery, all of it. Crime is up. In Inglewood, crime right now, actually not just crime, specifically murder is up. 168%. 168%. That is insane. Meanwhile, of course, we have a mayor that um, all he does is promote taxes, raising taxes, raising taxes, raising taxes. So these areas where people are already poor, living in poverty, and the crime rate is extreme, all you're doing is uh, pushing them further into poverty because you're raising taxes which therefore is going to result in their rent being raised or the the products or services that they use in their community being raised and them having less money. So you're pushing them deeper into the problem. And these are the type of politicians that celebrities promote. These are the guys, because Rahm Emanuel, he's part of you know o- Obama's camp. And all of these celebrities, for whatever reason, they seem to love Obama. This is where the popularity is. This is where, you know, the, the celebrities are, are taking pictures and, and the press conferences and, oh yeah, vote for him, vote for him. He's cool. Look, we're tweeting together. Look, we're taking selfies. None of that stuff matters. These are not innovative politicians. And to be quite honest, it doesn't seem like they're politicians that are looking out for our best interest. And this is this isn't a racial thing or even a, a Democrat Republican thing. This is just a logical, factual thing. Like your policies, they don't work. The things you stand for, they're not helping. They're making the situation worse. And then the worse and worse things get, the only thing that they can think of is, oh, well, raise taxes, raise taxes. When we're already struggling with taxes and there's nobody out there protesting, you know, these taxes, which there probably should be, but there isn't. These are the things that I feel people should be more aware of and people should give a a deeper and closer look at because politicians like this, they're, they're not coming out with any real suggestions on how to make things better. On this show before, I've talked about things that I feel the police can do to make the situation better. Just the police alone. You don't see these politicians coming out with anything, nothing at all. We talked about, you know, on this show before, Chicago implementing the whole stop and frisk thing. We talked about uh, 
at night police patrolling their you know respective areas with their lights on the you know the police siren lights but not the not the actual siren you know with the sound and the noise just the lights that could serve as a deterrent for crime you know my example was you know two guys are thinking about going in to rob this liquor store but four or five blocks down they see the police with the lights they know he's in the area that may deter them another thing that i recently thought of is you know and this this is just spitballing but i feel like you know at least at least it's a it's a good starting point it's a good launch pad for some real concrete ideas but another idea is maybe uh some sort of tax break incentives for people that have successful crime reporting so you know businessman or a pedestrian or just anybody see something a crime in progress and it results in arrest maybe some sort of tax incentive some sort of tax break that way you encourage people to report crime just ideas but these people aren't coming out with any of this they don't have any of this and and that's what's that's what's so crazy about it is that we continue to vote for them and it doesn't make any sense that we're not realizing how our leadership is leading us nowhere i honestly don't think that our current mayor is going to be in there for another term i think he's going to finish up his turn and i think he's going to get destroyed i honestly right now i think they'd probably vote in a a, a dog in there before they vote him in just because of how horrible he is. And I mean, there's just no other way to flip it. He's he's an awful mayor. Taxes continue to go up. Crime continues to go up. He has no leadership. And he's scared. So scared of the public. And, and he's shady too. Let's just be real with it. He's shady. I remember when this whole uh, Laquan McDonald situation broke out. He got shot 16 times by a cop. It spawned a lot of protest and outcry because people said that he was walking away from the cop. He did have a knife. But he was within 21 feet of the cop. He was non-compliant. He was high off PCP. Prior to this, he was breaking into people's cars and threatening them with the knife. It's a crazy, crazy story. Well, anyway, it went to court as to whether or not the video of this particular incident should be released to the public. Judge said that it should be released. It was ruled. It got released. The public saw it. It was graphic, obviously. And then... After it was released, the cop that shot him was charged, which pretty much led everybody to believe that had it not been for the video being released, the cop would have never been charged, which leads people to believe that Rahm Emanuel was on the cop side until it came down to the public and the public being informed of this incident. And he flip-flopped on him and then, you know, he the cop was fired and now he's charged and all of this because the public knows. So all of this is in fear of the public, which makes him look so cowardly and so horrible as a politician because at least pick a side and stick with your side. If you're going to initially support the cop, cool, all right, support him. Whether you're wrong or right, at least you've picked a side. Or if you're going to be on the side of, well, this was wrong, he should be locked up, he should be charged, he should be fired, then from the get-go, be on that side. But for Rahm Emanuel, he tried to flip-flop it. And, and, and from this, just so much stuff has stemmed. Part of it is the crime rate because, you know, there have been so much, there's been so much scrutiny of the police that there's a lot of police out there that aren't doing their jobs the way they used to. They're not being as proactive about their jobs the way that they used to. 
And the reason why is because they fear that if they do their job, they're going to get in trouble for it. And that's the problem. There's a situation right now, a lot more current than the Laquan McDonald situation, which the mayor hasn't been too vocal on, and maybe he's just tired of it, which he should probably just sit somewhere and keep his mouth shut because all he seems to do is get himself in trouble. Uh, but the current situation was a young guy steals a car, or he, I don't know if he actually stole the car, but he's in a stolen car. He's driving, police confront him. He hits one of the cop cruisers. He almost hits uh, the actual policeman. They start shooting at him because, you know, the, the car is being used as a weapon and it's legal to shoot at the car if it's being used as a weapon. He darts out of the car. He goes into a backyard and he gets killed. There's no body camera uh, footage of the particular uh, killing. There's body camera footage of, you know, the shooting, the chase, all of that stuff. But the body camera that was on the cop that actually killed him malfunctioned or didn't work or came apart during the course of all the, the action. I know recently the Daily Show's Trevor Noah, he commented on it. And I, I mean, I feel like he said something pretty ignorant. He's like, oh, the police only seem to mishandle evidence that works against them. You know, this guy, he's never worn a body camera. He doesn't know what it's like. I've actually read a lot about body cameras, did a lot of intense research on body cameras, and they malfunction very frequently. Meanwhile, nobody is putting any emphasis on the fact that the guy stole a car. He was in a stolen car. I mean, obviously, I'm not saying that means he has to die, but that does mean something. That does mean that the police are going to go after you, and they might go after you a little bit more aggressively and they might go after you even more aggressively if you don't comply with their orders there's a lot going on in the media right now with that particular incident again more police scrutiny even more so makes police feel like well why are we going to be proactive about our job and then that hurts the rest of us regular civilians us, uh, us regular citizens because now if we have our car stolen they may be hesitant to actually find the car or get the guy that stole our car because if something goes down and they have to take some action, they're going to be scrutinized for it. And they're going to be, you know, the point, the finger is going to be pointed at them. So what do we do? You know, how do we fix it? And part of that is a lot better leadership. Hopefully this is Rahm Emanuel's last term. Hopefully things get better and hopefully Chicago starts to have some sort of a brighter future because it's such a great city such a great city with so much potential and uh i'd really like to see what this city looks like with that potential explored but we can't explore that potential without getting rid of this crime and without getting rid of these high taxes and you know without getting rid of these these major problems that we uh we're facing right now as a city and and once that potential is explored I feel like the, the citizens of this city are, are going to feel more value in their lives. You know, better jobs, better homes, just being more happy. I've been reading a lot about this uh, concept of earned success. Um, this guy, Arthur Brooks from the American Enterprise Institute, talks a lot about it. Earned success is this concept that we find happiness through the value that we create in our lives. Doesn't always necessarily mean money. So obviously we've heard the, the age old saying money doesn't equal happiness. And it's true, money doesn't always equal happiness. I don't feel like there are billionaires that are way more happy than certain millionaires and so on and so forth. Uh, I don't think you have to have a lot of money 
to be happy. Obviously, money helps. Money can make life easier. Money can make life more convenient. And that, in turn, can be a element of happiness. But that's not happiness just by itself. And so, earn success in creating value in our lives, it's explored through hard work, obviously, because, you know, anything worth having is worth working hard for. So whether it be your family, some people, they find that that's where their success lies in. Some people in a business, some people in art, some people in charity, all different kind of things. I know there are people out there that don't particularly believe in in all of those leading to happiness. There may be some businessmen that think, you know, only business leads you to happiness. There may be some artists out there that think only art leads you to happiness or some family uh, men or women that think only their family leads them to happiness. I personally don't think any one of these particular things in and of itself leads to happiness. I like to think that uh, I'm a jack of all trades. I'm a man of many hats. And so I feel like in a lifetime... I can explore all of these areas and make my life that much more fulfilling and happy. And, and that's why I'm such a huge advocate for, for lower taxes and lower crime, because that opens the door for, you know, the freedom to explore these different things instead of, you know, us worried so much about crime and, and not having the money to do certain things. People can start certain businesses, give people better jobs, and then those people might have innovative ideas to grow. You know, and, and there's so much out there from music to food to just just actually too much to even, to even name right now. I feel like inherently as human beings, that's what we want to do. We want to create value in our lives and we want to explore that value and we want to grow. I don't think there's anybody that doesn't want to grow. If 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 you have a restaurant, if uh, you're an artist, if you're a car dealer, whatever it is that you do, you want to grow. And everything is not for everybody. Not everybody is going to be a, a family person. Some people may never have a family. They might have, you know, family members, close family members, uh, some friends or whatever, but may never have a family of their own, like a wife and kids or whatever. And there's nothing wrong with that because they might find their value in something else. Some people may never create a piece of art. They might find their value in something else. Some people may never start a business. They might find their value in something else. And there's nothing wrong with it. The goal, though, is to create some value and, and work at it and work towards it for for your happiness. And so, obviously, you can look up Arthur Brooks. He he has a, a lot of books out there. You can find videos of him on YouTube. He seems like he's a, a really smart guy. I'm going to read more up on him. You know, and I encourage you and suggest that you do the same thing. So that's about it for today. Uh, remember, as always, to check out the audio apes on uh, YouTube. Subscribe, comment. Check out Hanging with Apes on YouTube. Subscribe and comment. Hanging with Apes on SoundCloud, Audio Apes on SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter at Hanging with Apes at Audio Apes. Like us on Facebook, Audio Apes. Check out our music on Google Play and Apple Music. Check out the podcast on your uh, Apple iPhone podcast app and your uh, Google Play podcast app. The Well, the, the Google Play, the podcast tab, but it's the Google Play app. We're out there, man. Check us out. Thank you for your support. Remember to comment and like review
Peace.